Let's it fly. Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. That's right, that's right. It is another edition here of the Seeing Red Podcast. It's a special breaking news reaction edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello. I'm your host bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. Before we get to the breaking news, let me address the elephant in the room. Uh, My voice is nearly gone it's it's hanging on for dear life uh i went to wrestlemania over the weekend and as you can hear i had a very very fun time at wrestlemania but unfortunately yelling at the top of your lungs for seven hours is not very good for your voice and my voice is still recovering two days later but with the news that's come out i had to get at least an instant reaction uh my take on some of the developments in the past 24 hours for the Red Storm. Uh, Chris Mullen has stepped down as head coach of the Red Storm after four seasons. It was rumored for a while. It was reported last night. It was made official just a few hours ago. Uh, Leaving with him are Justin Simon, officially, who has signed an agent and intends to go to the NBA draft. Brian Trimble, uh, has reportedly entered the transfer window or tra- transfer portal, sorry. Um, and then last week we obviously saw the departure of Cam Mack as well, uh, who reopened his recruitment after Matt Abdelmasi left. Listen, my thoughts on Chris Mullen, at the end of the day, I think everyone would agree with me. His tenure here was certainly not a success. I don't know if it was a complete failure, but it was not a success. We will not look back at this period in St. John's history as a success or in a positive light. I just can't say that that's going to happen. Mullen, you know, I thought that we saw some progress in the team at least from year one to year two. From year one when, you know, it would be hard not to show progress. But I think that there was tangible progress being shown in the first year with Shamori Pons and Marcus Levet. In Mullen's second year. Uh, Year two to year three was a step back. And I think year three to year four was a step back. And in my mind, year four to five was also going to be a step back. And at that point, as I tweeted, I I thought once Cam Mack left, it was almost virtually guaranteed that this team was not going to finish any higher than bottom three or bottom four in the Big East next year. And it's hard, I know, and people said that on Twitter, and I agree, it's hard to you know make a prediction about a team basically uh, you know almost a year in advance. We haven't even we just finished this year, but it's it's very very looking very very likely that this team is not going to be very good next year. And if this team is not very good next year. That means Chris Mullen likely would not have survived the year. That's probably why he wanted a contract extension reportedly because he knew this team was not going to be good next year. And if this team was not good next year, he would not be back after next year. And I think Mike Craig and I think Mullen himself saw the writing on the wall. I'm just speculating here. Saw the writing on the wall that this was probably going to be over next year anyways. Let's cut bait now. Let's do this. Uh, what I guess was amicably, I don't, I don't know. Let's have a clean break and let's start anew with someone who can get in and put their stuff in now instead of delaying another year and delaying really the inevitable in my mind. 
Um, but we're, I don't think that we're going to look back on the Mullen era in a positive light. I think it was four years where it looked like this could be the moment, and that moment just never came for the Red Storm. They did make the NCAA tournament this year, but any fan who tells you that this year was a success, I, I completely disagree with that. Um, you know, when you look at this year, and I think this year is obviously the reason why Chris Mullen is not back. Because at the end of the day, you were probably in Mullen's tenure, however long he was here, you were probably not going to have a roster as talented as the one that they had this past season. Especially with Matt Abdelmasi leaving, you were probably never going to have the talent level in your starting five. And, you know, I know that they didn't have much depth, but in the starting five, you were probably not going to have a more talented starting five than you had this season in Mullen's tenure. However long that ended up being. And at the end of the day, the Big East, we saw how weak the Big East was. So if you're peaking and the rest of the Big East is is valleying, I guess, and you still only win eight games in the conference and you still can't even finish 500 in the conference, that tells me it's time to move on. And it's not going to work out here. And I applaud. I listen. I, I don't want to take any shots at Chris as a player, as a man. I don't know him personally. I know the type of player that he was. I never saw him play, but I know the type of guy he was. I know that he made St. John's the most relevant that it's ever been. But as a coach, he did not get it done. As a player, St. John's was at its most relevant with him on the court. But unfortunately, he never was able to return that relevance to St. John's while he was on the sidelines. And I think the timing is correct here. I don't think that the improvements were shown enough in the Chris Mullen era year to year. And I don't think that there were going to be any more improvements. And I think that Mullins, and I don't want to pass this off as my own thought because it's not. Let me find uh, who tweeted it because I agree with it 100%. Uh, this was uh, Vince Ruggiero on Twitter. If you're if you're a listener, shout out. If you're not, uh, whatever. Uh, he said that Chris Mullins' biggest error when he took the job was that he hired his friends as assistant coaches. You know, Mitch Richmond was a friend, but Mitch Richmond didn't do anything to help this team. And I, I feel comfortable saying Mitch Richmond did not really do much to help this team win from what I saw. Matt Abdamasi hiring a guy that's only going to recruit and having the rest of your staff not recruit is not going to help. Greg St. Jean, a guy with not a whole lot of experience, having him kind of take the reins on the X's and O's, not a good idea. And when you have a staff made up of your friend, who doesn't really do much of anything, uh, Abdel Masi, who was really just there to recruit, and St. Jean, a young guy who was really just there to coach, it's not going to work out. Mullen needed a more experienced staff, a more experienced set of, of assistants than he had. He had his friends. He went with what he was comfortable with. I can't blame him for that. It's his first job too. It was his first coaching job too. I can't blame him for going with what he was comfortable with. But at the end of the day, that's probably the thing that most hurt his chances of being a successful head coach here at St. John's. We look at the replacements now for Mullen, the potential replacements now for Mullen. Uh, I think the first candidate and the one that they're going for the most is going to be Bobby Hurley. I think that Hurley would do a great job here. I think you look at how he turned around a program in Buffalo. 
he did the same thing at Arizona State. I think it'd be you'd have reason to expect that he would do the same exact thing here with the same, if not better, resources than those two schools have. And the better recruiting resources than he'd have at Buffalo and Arizona State. I think Bobby Hurley would do a good job here. I think Bobby Hurley is a safe hire. I don't think Bobby Hurley necessarily would use this as a stepping stone. He might. If that Duke job opens up, which who knows when Coach K steps down. He doesn't seem to be showing any signs of slowing down. But who knows five years from now where Duke is going to be at, where Coach K is going to be at. But that, I think, is the the biggest concern with Hurley is that this would not be his dream job, quote-unquote. Duke would be his dream job at the end of the day. And I can't say the word job. There we go, job. Um, but Duke would be that that spot where Bobby Hurley really wants to land. So he might be using you as a stepping stone. But I think in terms of recruiting, in terms of coaching, you can't go wrong with a guy like Bobby Hurley. Looking to at Rick Pitino, who is the number two and really what's, I think, a three-man race here. Pitino, in my opinion, I saw some people saying that Pitino is a safe hire, which I don't think it's a safe hire. But in terms of on the court, Patino might be the safest hire that you can get. If you want results on the court, you're hiring Rick Patino. They'd be crazy to not at least give it a look. Um, but Patino, in terms of on the court, you know that he will have this team turn around and in the tournament within two or three years. Back in the tournament, back relevant nationally. You want to be relevant nationally, you hire Patino. I don't know if I would do it, to be honest with you. I'd be fine with any of the three guys that I'm talking about right now. Um, but in terms of on-the-court results, I think Patino is a very, very safe hire. The problem is that off the court, Patino could not be more of a risky hire. You know, we know what he has done in the last couple of years. We know the sleazy type things that Rick Patino has done off the court in the last couple of years. As a Catholic school, do you want to bring that onto your campus? Do you want to bring that frenzy onto your campus? And you have to consider this too. Right now, there's not a whole lot of coaching offers in college basketball for Rick Pitino. I don't even know if he's allowed to coach college basketball at this point. Um, There's not a whole lot on the table for Rick Pitino. If Rick Pitino came to St. John's and, you know, makes two tournaments in a row in years two and three, let's say. You know, you go back to back in the tournament, maybe in year three, you're making a Sweet 16. And an ACC school comes calling, or a Big Ten school comes calling, or a Big 12 school comes calling. Is Rick Pitino going to jump ship then? If one of those, if a bigger school than St. John's comes calling, because St. John's is not a destination right now. I think St. John's, to some guys like Pitino, might still be a stepping stone. And Patino wants to get back into college basketball coaching. If you hire Patino, will he use St. John's as a stepping stone to three, four, five years down the road? If he shows good behavior at St. John's, if he stays out of trouble, and if he has the expected results on the court like he has everywhere else he's gone, does a bigger school take that chance on him? Does a bigger school try to lure him away? And would he go? Would he use you as a stepping stone or would he use you as a destination? I don't know. I know he's local, but I don't know and I can't confirm. Obviously, no one can confirm that. At the end of the day, no one can see what he's going to be doing three, four, five years down the road. 
that's where I think another risk involved with the already risky Patino comes in. And then you have the safest hire, Tim Kloos from Iona. Guy who is already associated with St. John's. Guys who know, guy who knows the program, knows the area at Iona. His track record speaks for itself at Iona. I think he's won either the conference tournament or the regular season title in the MAC. I think eight of out of the nine years that he's been there, the guy is a winner. And all these guys are winner, but but Clues is a winner. Clues has done a lot with a little in Iona. I saw that team this year. I go there for grad school. I saw that team. This team is not that team was not that talented this year, and they still won the MAC. I think the regular season and the conference title this year. They still made it back to the NCAA tournament. No controversy with Cluse. Apparently, his relationship with the school is a little rocky. I know that he was in the running four years ago. I think that at the end of the day, again, you'd be silly not to at least give him a chance. And I don't think I don't think that you can go wrong with any of those three guys: Hurley, Cluse, or uh, Patino. Obviously, the riskiest one is Patino. The safest one is Cluse. I think the home run might be Hurley. I would not have a problem with any of them ending up as the head coach in a week or two weeks from now. Have to see how it plays out, though. The the dark horses, I guess, if you want to say, John Shire maybe at Duke. Uh, the UCF coach, Dawkins, with a Duke connection again. Does Greg St. Jean get an interview? I don't think so, but maybe. I, I don't know. Might have to give him an interview. I, I don't think so, though. So you've got your three candidates and then your maybe two or three dark horses that I haven't really heard anything about. Who will it end up being? Like I said, I don't think that you can go wrong with anyone, but this is going to be a rebuild. You know, no coach, even if you get Patino, no coach is going to come in here right away and have success in year one. You know, Pods is gone. Marvin Clark is gone. Cam Mack is decommitted. Justin Simon's gone. Brian Trimble's gone. You know, people are leaving. And I would expect more guys, you know, in the next couple days will be leaving. When you have an unexpected coaching change, that's honestly, unfortunately, a necessary byproduct of an unexpected coaching change is you're going to have guys leave. So... We're going to see a couple more guys leave. This team is not going to have a whole lot of talent this year. How will they respond, you know, in year two and year three and year four? How will this coach look in year two and year three and year four is what's going to matter. You're not planning for next year. You're planning for the next five, ten years. So who do you want to go with? I don't think you can go wrong with any of those three guys. But we will find out soon enough. So those are my my thoughts, my 15-minute rambling there. With no voice, I hope you can stick with me there. I'm going to go drink some uh, hot water with lemon and honey or something to help my voice. Uh, Later in the week, I'll have a longer episode with a guest breaking down when the dust finally settles. Maybe there'll be a head coach by then, maybe not. Um, But I'll have something out when the dust settles on, on this whole situation for sure. And my voice will be back by then, thankfully. So you won't have to put up with this anymore. But thank you for listening if you did. And uh, I'll catch you guys later this week. Let's go, Johnnies.